You're listening to the Sound Atlas. Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode. I am your exciting host, Captain Dean, and boy, am I excited. <laughs> I'm excited too, man. You should be. My guest is Tessa Norris. Hey. Welcome to the Sound Atlas. Thanks for having me. I'm, Thanks for being I'm a here. little hoarse um, from because you sing. playing too many gigs in a row, but yeah, I'm here. <laughs> That's a good problem to have. That's a great problem to have. And the fact that you are a singer. Yeah. And you're doing an episode of the Sound Atlas based yeah. on you and your music. <laughs> it's cool. It's great to capture the horse voice of yeah. proving that you it's are. It's proving I'm actually out here active. doing it. <laughs> Man, I don't see how people like do it night after night after night. I mean, I just I play, don't either. I played like two gigs last week, and I'm still not recovered. No, like, that's that. Well, it's also maybe the weather. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I went from playing drums for 25 years to being a lead singer. Yeah. And I had to learn real quick. There are ways to yeah. I I don't. You know, I'm really. I'm so new to this. I'm not, I don't take care of my friend. voice yeah, well enough. You know, I'm, you got to do the warm ups. Right, and shit. right. Otherwise, you get hurt. <laughs> and you sound like this. Although a lot of my friends have been like, "This is when you need to go in the studio because you got that like yeah, you deep the, raspy yeah. thing going on." Hey, <laughs> this one's gonna. It was gonna be a gold record. Now it's gonna be a platinum album. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, thank you for meeting me here at Melomats Music and More, where everything is cool. And um, you're cool. Thanks, And I ran into you recently, um, and we talked about this, and I was like, yeah, "Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, yeah, so I I appreciate you letting me be here. Yeah, Yeah. I I first met you a few years ago, I think just by coincidence. Uh You worked at the A-Frame. Yeah, I I kind of... I just kind of did a little bit there, right? A little bit were, of everything. When I would, I played there a few times, yeah. like when it first opened, and you were usually behind the bar. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, I know that Alex was kind of in and out uh, and stuff like that. But when the A frame first opened, I, that's when I met you, and yeah. so I've always associated you with the yeah, A-frame. right. But well, you, I, I always say that I'd been a groupie up until that point, <laughs> <laughs> which is not true, but I mean, kind of, kind of is true. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I started, I bartended there and helped Alex book and yep. um do hospitality there and stuff yep. so well let's yeah, so go that's back. where we met yeah. that is where we yeah. met but let's go back to the beginning so that we can discover a little bit more about your history in it. this music scene but uh, i'll start off with awesome question number one where are you from i am uh from glasgow originally oh great uh, Glas- another native another. glasgow person yeah. that is involved in music, Play music yeah. what a surprise right I, I, we didn't have anything else to do there so man i'm telling you that the connection between Glasgow and the people of like Barron County alone and the music history and the music scene and a lot of them obviously come down here. It's incredible. It's pretty wild, isn't it? How many people wild. have come from Glasgow alone yeah. that play in our music scene, which includes the area, you know, if you draw a big circle around Bowling Green, it's all of that. But I mean Glasgow's holding the the winning number of how much right. talent has come from there yeah and you're one of many <laughs> thank you that's really cool though but yeah, you're actually a, a native of yeah i'm from glasgow metcalf county area okay. yeah Great. um and then i came down to bowling green to go to college okay um, uh, but that's where i originally am from great um when did you get into music um, I, I guess I've kind of always been into it. So we always had a piano in our house. Okay. And then my, um, my grandmother was, my grandmother, my mom, and my dad are all songwriters. Wow. Um, and my grandmother so and mother. So you talk about a, a household. Yeah, like, a household. Growing up in music. So my grandmother and my mom played banjo. Um, I actually today play my grandmother's banjo. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, and they were songwriters. My dad was a songwriter, so it was just kind of always around. Just a natural um, thing. Yeah, so I started, I mean, I can't remember when I started taking piano lessons, you know, I was so young. Probably, like, when you were six months old. Yeah, yeah, they put they put me put me on Crawl it. Crawl up um, to it and start tapping yeah. on the, the keys, right? Right, and then I, so I got brought up in a lot of, like, bluegrass and, and gospel bluegrass and all that, um, and then I heard rock music at, like, a very young age, so I was like, I want to play guitar. What'd you hear? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, just my my mom always listened to everything. My Pretty mom had clear like that this, music was just yeah, really dominant. Yeah, and in your my house. mom had this eclectic taste in music. Like it was anywhere from like um, 
CCR to Tori Amos, you know? Oh, like, wow. I mean, she was making me listen to everything. So Good I was like, job. I want to play guitar. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was great. It was like, it was bluegrass and then um, a lot of classic rock and, and then a lot of like badass females like Alanis Morissette and Tori Amos and stuff like that. Great. And then Dolly and like, so my mom was bringing me up on like all these badass women and I was like, I want to play guitar. So I started taking guitar lessons about like seven or eight. Okay, being from Glasgow, do you have a lot of stories about which a lot of people from there that I've interviewed talk about backstage music. Yeah, that's where I took guitar. You lessons took guitar there. lessons yeah. there. Um, what about the other people and and I mean bands from the area? Did so, you intertwine yeah, it with any of that? Yeah, it kind of come later. Like so, I started taking lessons at backstage, uh-huh. and my teacher went to my mom and said she's not a guitar player she's never going to be a guitar player she's a banjo player Um, how weird is that i know it's a weird thing to say which is like funny now that i know like how string instruments work Uh because if you're a banjo player you can also play the hell of a classic guitar but But they were saying like in general you should start start on banjo banjo because i think i want to finger pick that's all i wanted to do okay so um so i started playing banjo and then but to answer your question about bands like man i've Richard Young taught my mom how to play guitar. Okay. Um, I grew up down the street from them, and then I lived across I was the street. Curious if there was going to be a connection. Oh, of that definitely. Nature, yeah. So I I grew up down the street from Richard. Like my dad lived down the street, and then my mom lived across the street from Anthony Kinney, who was like in the Itchy Brothers and yeah. then and Headhunters for a while. Absolutely. So after school, I hung out with Anthony's daughter. So after school, we'd go to Anthony's house, and like he would teach me how to play drums every afternoon, like. Just informally. You really had a, not only a big, dude. I was like, so lucky. Eclectic, so lucky. Like the yeah. the music that was being presented to you from your mother. Yeah. The fact that your entire family is like songwriters and performers. Right. And then to grow up near Richard and Anthony and be hands on learning, I, which it was crazy. And then like, well, to, to your point, hands on learning. So. Then I'm in high school, okay, and I start hanging out with Blackstone Cherry, and they're going in the studio. Did you guys go um, to high school together? I went to high school with Ben. You did? Uh, yeah. That's cool. So I hung out with all those guys. Yeah. And um, I was, I remember I was sneaking out of my house at like <laughs> nine, nine, ten o'clock. I won't tell anybody. No. <laughs> my mom knows now, but I'm sneaking out of my house at like nine or ten o'clock and going to Be- David Barrick's studio. No um, shit. To hang out with these guys. That's and awesome. So David Barrick is sitting there like, Pulling me into the control room and being like, hey, you want to know about sound engineering? Uh-huh. Let me teach you about it. You're referring to the first album, I'm assuming. Yeah, the first studio album. they were right at the end of high school or just about yeah, to graduate? Yeah, some of them had graduated, yeah. but they were at the very end. Um, and I was really interested in like the sound engineering part. And so David Barrick was like, well, if you want to know, get in right, here. Right, another element of music that yeah. you got So to I see. got all this hands-on. All of it. Yeah, and then when I wasn't at hanging out with them at the studio, we were at the practice house, which if you're from this area, you I've know been about there. the... I, yeah. Very few people so, get to see this, but yeah. I was lucky so enough to see So I was hanging it. out at the practice house, and like Richard Young's like helping me learn like stuff on the guitar and... <laughs> I mean, dude, but I'm you're so a banjo lucky. player. I'm so lucky, though. <laughs> I get to hang out with all these cool people. Well, yeah, you grew up in a, a great household filled with music. You grew up with neighbors that are legendary, right. in, especially in our area. But in the world of music, th- yeah. these are legendary people. You know, and you don't know it at the time. No, of course not. Yeah. Because to you, they're just neighbors. They're you just see them neighbors. every day. Yeah. Uh, they're not, not a big deal. Yeah. You went to high school with Ben Wells. Yeah. In, in, England, Ben Wells is a fucking rock star. I know, but I know. here it's just, hey, there's Ben. Yeah. He's my friend. You yeah. run into him at Walmart. It's yeah. not a big deal. But that, well, I mean, that's one, how one it of is. the guys in that band is, uh, he's married to my sister. So, you know, when we're at really? like, when we're at Christmas dinner, like, I don't think about that. Yeah. Because now all. they're also family. I mean, we've been, I've just known these people my entire life. Right. And, you know, it's just, yeah. But that's still cool. I mean, it says a lot about, it's a, cool story yeah but you're also just very humble about it because it's just normal to you it's not like you came into i do realize now though how lucky i am to to constantly be around music because on on top of that um i i came to school here in bowling green Uh and then i left for a while after i graduated to move to texas oh wow Well, when i moved back i started hanging out with musicians again Mm -hmm. um i've kind of always found myself in what what, i know that blackstone cherry's first album would have been in 2001 or oh was it first studio album i'm talking about first studio album it was in six yeah oh i thought it was like 
The band. Oh, I, I'm I think sorry. They had, the like, band formed in 2001. Exactly. Yeah. But in, yeah. Uh, five years later, they're doing the first record. Correct. So okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were at Barrick Studio. That was that would have been 2006. Okay. Yeah. Um, My mistake. And then I moved back. I guess I moved back here like 2013, 14. Well, hell, that would have been when I met you then. Yeah, the we A-frame. met a little bit after that. Yeah, um, about but about like 14 I, or 15. Yeah, I started hanging out with really cool musicians again. Yeah. And like, um, well, what, what, okay, let's, you, you do all this great stuff, musically speaking. Which instrument did you stick with? Or it, did you stick with an well, instrument? Well, I'm not good at any instrument. But you at least know your way around them, right? I know my way around. But you didn't pursue, like, I'm going to be a singer-songwriter and play guitar. You right. didn't do that. No, um, I am I really, really like playing the banjo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good at it. I pick it up pretty easily. Um, I actually started taking lessons from Matt DeVore oh, okay. this year. Yep. Um, and he's so awesome. Oh, he's great. He's he understands so awesome. the realm of your level yeah and he's so inspirational though yeah um and he tells me all the time he's like man if you practice you'd be so awesome (laughs) (laughs) if you Uh, actually devoted time to this shit no but i i mostly focus on banjo now but you you i know you as a singer yes and you've obviously mentioned that when we started talking so when did singing become the thing that you recognize that's your thing. I'm going to... So, I can do all this other stuff, but I'm going to be a singer most I of the moved time. Back, um, from, I moved back from Texas. I started hanging out with um, these really incredible musicians here. Well, hang on area. real quick. I guess this is where I was going with that, and I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> what, what made you go to Texas? Uh, a job. I had just gotten like a master's in mathematical economics. Okay. And I got a, so like, you graduated Western? Yeah, yeah. And then moved to Texas yeah. for a job? For a job, yeah. But you come back. But I came back because uh, I really miss Kentucky a uh-huh. lot. Um, and I, I came back. I started hanging out with um, some musicians. And I, this is always crazy. Can you name them? Yeah, yeah. This okay. is always crazy to me. So I ended up living with all of them. So um, it was Troy Mims. And he, he was in Fatbox yep. and here at the time. Yep. And then Trey Farley. Yep. And then Zach Smith. And we were all we were all living together, dude. Yeah. So on top of that, Jonas Butler was living there. Awesome. Um, and then Joe Hunter, who's a badass tuba sousaphone yep. player. Yep. We were all living on the same property together. It was like this crazy musician, like commune. It's a music, it yeah, it's a music commune. So listen, Dean, this is how crazy this was. Okay, so they, these were like a lot of full time musicians. Right. They didn't have nine to five jobs. Right. So they would play gigs like Wednesday through Saturday. So, like, come Saturday, when everybody was done with all of their gigs, like, 2 a.m., bars of clothes, we would go back to the house, and, like, these boys, like, wanted to make music so bad, they were still making music when we went back to the house. (laughs) Well, that's a common thing, especially with younger musicians. Yeah, and we were all young, and so, uh, and Troy had, like, a studio in his house. Um, So, Troy had every... Uh, instrument known to man right. in the house and we would go back to the house and just start making music and i mean if somebody wasn't making music in the house we were talking about it or arguing about it or <laughs> listening to it i mean it's constant yeah so that's when i started singing the with, music life i started singing with trey and zach um you did yeah and um trey and i kind of looked at each other at some point and we're like whoa we've got something hmm. special here um so I started writing music, and I started writing with with Trey, and um, that's I'm that's where I'm here today. <laughs> and what year was that though? This you're, is you're like, thinking like 2014, probably 2014, okay. 2013. So as we're speaking now, it's 2020. Yeah, that's pretty good amount of time, but yeah. still kind of young. Yeah, but yeah. Um, obviously you've gotten comfortable in the role. Of what you do? I mean, I can't stand being on stage. You can't? No, man, I can't stand it. Why? I'm to get so nervous. But you're comfortable as a vocalist. I mean, I guess... No, I think I'm awful. But what about at, but at I really home, like, like behind the scenes and stuff? No, I, I just really... This is really fucked up now. So you <laughs> love music, and you love playing yeah. and, and being involved in music, but you're petrified of oh man I'm performance and but look at how many people are like afraid to be look melissa jones is a badass I, that's true I, inter- I interviewed stage. melissa and yeah. she told me that story and yeah. so she kind of worded it in a way that made sense to me where it's like the band had so much faith and and believed in her and and her talent yeah. that she was able to drop the fear and yeah. and let that 
pride of the three guys on stage with her in Wet Eyed Liars gave her the strength to stand there and and belt it out and and perform her songs. Well, that's the only reason I can get up there and do it is because I have people that play with me that are so much better than. So all. it's the same scenario. Yeah, but, but I'll tell you, like, not not to get like too deep or serious, but I want to tell that's you, that's what like, the point of this podcast. <laughs> is. It's like so, fucking Doctor Phil up here. So Tiger, uh, Tiger passed away. You yes. know, Billy and Tiger passed away, and they were. Um, close in my circle mm-hmm. um and, and i saw it hit you know my people really really hard um, okay. i mean and, and troy was living with those guys when yeah, I went was. down and you know troy's been a close friend of mine for a long time and i saw it affect everybody the way that it did and i was sitting at home with trey and i started writing this song um I, to be frank about suicide mm-hmm. um and i wrote a lyric and trey said to me he said tessa i've never heard a songwriter put it that way wow you have to go share this with people and so I started playing out and sharing my stuff because to me at the end of the day, like if, if I'm in a room with like, if there's a hundred people at Tidballs and 99 people hate what I'm doing, but there's one person I touch and I make them feel differently about something you've, or like, you've done your, I've done yeah, my job, yeah, you know? And, and exactly. so that's why I get on stage. Man, that is deep. I'm, I'm, it gives me a reason I am to do it. <laughs> acting like a jackass, cutting up and laughing at everything. And now you're like making me like, I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't mean to be such such me no, leading up no. to that. No, that is really heavy. And that says a lot on on a grand scale of what the power of music can do. Exactly. So it's, not a, it, it's therapeutic for you to sit down and write something. But to have someone stand up just like Melissa and say, this is really good. This needs to be heard. You've got to do this. And it's funny for me because, I mean, you all don't know this. You don't know this. And a lot of listeners might not not know this. Melissa Jones is my best friend. Is she? I I was like there in Melissa's living room when she was learning how to play guitar. Wow. And I was going, you know, you have to go share this with people. And it, it does take a while before you get like, yeah, I do have something I mm-hmm. have to go share with. with well, people. I think because not everyone, I think a, I think a lot of musicians are uh, introverts. And well, I'm it, not. Have you seen well, me out no, at a bar? I'm like, I'm talking no low over But people. I mean, like some of them can just, no, yeah, yeah. there is that fine line of I can do this in this world yeah. behind closed doors in my living room with friends yeah. in a garage. But then there's this other world where you step out, you're on a stage where the lights are blinding you, but you just see heads. Yeah. You you know there's people out there. Odds are pretty damn good. You're going to know some of them, but maybe not all of them. And that's where the f- crippling fear part yeah. comes in. Yeah. And when I stepped out from behind the drum kit to become a, a bass player and, and a lead vocalist... How different was that? It, was, it took a <laughs> while. It took a while. I had to learn how to do it. Because you watch it on TV your whole life, you're like, man, I want to be a lead. I want to be out front. As a drummer, I learned how to do that and be on stage and have the people looking at you and judging your playing and all that shit. But it's nothing compared to being out front with a microphone and be like, I had to learn how to talk. You <laughs> know what's like, crazy to I me? I don't know what to say in between the songs. Yeah, like, well, because you can rip off people. You can right. watch a concert right. and, and just be like, I'm going to do what they did. and But then you have, I don't know. I've learned how to just be it's comfortable di- It's in different. It. You know what I've learned, too? that And a lot of people that aren't musicians or have been on a stage wouldn't know this. Mm-hmm. You can hear everything yes. going on. Yes, so, you can. So I can be like, I can go on stage and about to play a song and I'm thinking... My hands are in my pockets. Everybody can tell my hands are in my pockets. And this person's videotaping, and um, that's going to be on Facebook tomorrow. And I can hear a drug deal going on in the corner over there. And I can hear, like, so-and-so ordering, like, a gin and tonic at the bar, and -and so-and-so's mad at their girlfriend about this. Like, I'm hearing Uh, it all go on. And you really just want to be like, shut up. I wrote this song from my heart. Listen to me. Exactly. Um, So it's wild. That's the realm of where you're at at the time. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like yeah. some places are able to have 
concerts where there is no TV, yeah. the audience is quiet, yeah. and they actually pay attention. Well, but I've also stood on the stage on at the... Tidballs and like seen such an attentive crowd and yeah. like felt so much love, yeah. like you know, coming off people. Oh yeah, and it's amazing. So yeah, those are the moments. Yeah, like, that's man, when that's it's like that's why we you keep might doing have it. Six really decent or shitty shows, but then you have one, and you get packed up and, and you, you go home that, and you're like that's yeah. why i'm still doing yeah. this you know and it feels so good it feels great you can't explain that feeling you know no it, it uh, cannot you can't put it into words no yeah there's um fatbox is one of my favorite bands and i've been really really lucky like through knowing like troy and clay and all them to, mm-hmm. to be close to that group and they've and, been going for quite some time man, they're now. so good yeah they're so good um but you can go to a fatbox show at tidballs okay and I swear to God, you stand in the middle of the room and you're going to feel magic running through you. Yeah. And and that's what those little live shows like mean mm-hmm. to all of us. It's it's a great feeling. It's cool. <laughs> and uh, But, I mean, now that you're... Uh, how, I mean, I guess I don't know if I asked this already or if you said it already, but the the vocal thing, the, the singing thing, you said that came to you fairly recently Well, as far as stepping out and i guess i really mean it. like songwriting came to me more recently i okay. mean i've been singing since i was a kid right you know, but not like fronting a band and, yeah and okay. now i'm i am fronting something and um is this have you been in anything at all that had a name and a history no so you've just kind of been no. like you said more of a fan yeah musically inclined but kind of always been behind the scene as, like i've right. done booking a lot you're heavily inclined yeah. to music and yeah. understanding of music yeah. but as a fan that was more your realm yeah i for never so long. i never wanted to be in a band you know i really really liked being behind the scenes and helping other people facilitate their music right. and then um I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story well, so well, yeah tell me the story uh, well, but i'm also like curious really about the in- turning point so um I'd mentioned David Barrick's studio yeah. from going there in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hadn't been there in years. And um, last two summers ago, I was at a Fatbox show. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, they're like, you want to go to David Barrick's? I'm like, hell yes, I want to go to David Barrick's <laughs> studio, you know? Uh, I mean, there's God in that place. <laughs> you put your hands on like a Hammond in there, God's going to talk to you. It's true. Yeah. So we went Magical. over to David Barrick's, and he's like, man, I haven't seen you since you were a kid. Da-da-da. We start talking. And we're all hanging out. And, you know, some of the Fatbox guys are playing music and we're listening to music, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I felt like somebody stabbed me in the stomach and that I was I was either going to throw up or write down the song. Wow. And I asked David for a, like, pad and paper. And he said, Tessa, I've never seen so much urgency in somebody's eyes. And he handed it to me and I wrote a song out and I was done. I mean, completely. The song was completely done. And I said, I just wrote a song. And David Barrick was like, well, let's put it to tape. And we did. And um, and I've been writing music like that ever since. Like, it, dude, it comes to me. And I feel like I'm going to die or write this song down. Wow. And I don't have a, n- any other option, which it sounds crazy no, to people. No, I mean, no, I, it doesn't to me because yeah. I've had experiences like that. Yeah. I get it because I, I can relate to you on that. But to hear it told. Yeah. And the to because no one can see you you see you know, how excited I get about I see, it. <laughs> i'm watching you tell this story and i mean i'm jittery i'm, yeah. I'm like i fuck it i get I that it. i feel that so much <laughs> i and do and that's like, remarkable i have this great song called kentucky um that i just i went to trey farley's house at like 3 a.m and like beat down his door and he answered he's like what the fuck tessa man sorry i should have said something in the beginning i cuss a lot no 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 fcc no fcc (laughs) shit it up in here just go so i'm like trey's like what's wrong what's up he's like man i just wrote this song but i can't finish it can you finish it for me and that that's when i learned trey and i had something special yeah trey would be the guy to go to when you say i've got this song and i don't know how to finish it and trey goes he's the ultimate guy dude he's like a human jukebox he's he's incredible he's incredible so trey um he's like we'll sing it through one time for me so i sang it through one time and he start playing it and he goes does it go something like this and i'm like yeah man <laughs> and and i was like man i was gonna i was gonna die if i didn't get that song out of Isn't that me. crazy yeah wow that's a, that's massive like it really takes over you you're like possessed yeah. I, I do dude. and you have to uh perform an exorcism to get the I song do. out in order to be clean <laughs> 
it's wild because I'm I'm really lucky to hang out with people like Trey and then and Cody Beck, uh, people like that who I can like make make songs with and they know what's in my head, right. but they know I can't get it out because because I'm not a good player, you know. Well, but you're able to at least you you get it. Yeah, like musically, the world. I get like, it all. Understand I understand it. it. Yeah, you you go to someone to help you bring it to yeah, life. Yeah, I can't make my fingers do what what I want to do. And like, so so I've been playing with Trey for a while, and then I met Cody Beck, and I went like I met him, and he said something to the effect of me. He was like, "I heard you're a good songwriter. Play something." And so we started jamming together, and when we were done. I was crying, hmm. and Trey was crying, and Cody Beck had like tears in his eyes, and I was like, "Fuck yes, this is what music is supposed to be exactly. about." Exactly, it's exactly what it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, but it's it's usually interesting that people don't see that side, right? You know what I mean? Like on stage, it's like you're you're constantly eight bars ahead of where you're at and you're constantly thinking yeah. about this song's almost over and the next song I'm, is this song this is and what I'm playing next. like you're constantly yeah. ahead of the game yeah. in yeah. your own mind yeah. when you're the performer yeah that's what i've learned absolutely but um which i think is though dean like when that magic happens uh-huh. you know when you like forget yeah you just, you just let it go for a minute yeah. and you're not thinking about the next song or who's doing a drug deal in the corner <laughs> or how much you're getting paid for this gig or, you know whatever like you forget that drug deal needs to fuck off and go somewhere else <laughs> you forget you forget for a second and then that's when like that's when the yeah it actually happens. overtakes your yeah. uh like the feeling inside yeah and your heart actually comes out yeah through the music <laughs> and that that's a that's strong yeah, but I, I've 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 had that experience a time or two, and, right? And but, that's why uh, we keep on playing music. Yeah, exactly. But it's cool that we don't I, get paid a lot. But a lot of people that attend shows don't ever necessarily see yeah. those things that take place in the studio or in the writing session or or just simply band practice kind of stuff. I think that's a, why there's such an obsession with like uh, music documentaries or, yeah. or books or like oh podcasts God. about music because they don't get to see that magic, you know, that's happening that that three a.m. where I start jamming on something and. Um, Somebody yeah, I've, up I've always been and... a fan of like documentaries or like when they do a feature on a musician on a show like CBS Sunday Morning. Every now and then they'll do a segment on a musician or a band or whatever, and it's those candid behind the scene moments yeah. that you're getting the stories about, kind of like what this podcast represents. Right. It's beautiful to hear stuff because you learn more about maybe a song or how it came to to be right and it makes the song even more important to you as a fan as it was prior to even knowing the history of it you just thought that's a really good song i I relate to it i love it it's cool but then you get the story behind it and it it might be this overwhelming powerful story to hear right and it changes everything everything for you on that and then it becomes a bigger thing yeah, and that's where yeah. music for me that's it's always been hard to explain to people yeah. why music is so important to me because it's all i ever had it's insane dude i'm not a movie buff i'm not i don't have a lot of hobbies i i don't it's music music well, I is tell like people my all the passion time, like, and my hobby i wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for music i agree i mean i would have like Man, I would have dug myself into a deep hole by now had it not been music. I mean, at least I'd be a drug addict or like in the corner or some, yeah, while some bands on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, real. I mean that sincerely. Like it, it is no, funny, it. but but I mean sincerely, I, I would have went down a bad road had it. Not yeah, been I think for music. I would have too. And I actually did go through some dumb shit, but yeah. that's just as youth, maybe. But well, we all do. Music saved me, yeah. and and I've been sober for like over a decade now. Oh heck yeah! And that's that's the rare part for me is the fact that I don't do anything, and yet I'm still a really well. Now I feel music. bad. You're seeing that's all of bad. us like drunk. I don't mind. No, I'm not against it. I just I watch out for the ones that have the problems. I guess yeah. is yeah, where yeah. I feel bad. But yeah. I'm able to balance the worlds of yeah. being sober and still doing music on the level of but like i had to relearn how to be a musician and what helped me was as sober yes because i had to go back to when i was 12 before i ever smoked or drank or did anything i had to go back to the mentality of when i was 12 years old and obsessed 
with listening to Van Halen and Metallica and, and learning how to play guitar and learning how to play drums, I had to go back to that because back then I didn't tinker on an instrument or listen to an album high or drunk yeah. or smoking cigarettes all the time. I had to learn how to be a sober, active musician. So let me ask you something. How is it like being out? Because you go to a lot of shows. I mean, I, f- I feel like you're like me. Like you're very yeah. supportive of musicians here and you go to a lot of shows. And I know what this question is going to be and I'm going to enjoy answering it. <laughs> well, my question is like, what is it like to go to these shows and see all of us that are musicians and playing shows and we're fucked up for lack of a better word okay well I mean, there's, like, there's two ways to look at that you're meeting people that are drinking the people on yeah. stage are drinking like yep. and and doing whatever okay. else so i grew up in this world and this music scene especially i started playing the club scene when i was 15 so all of that i'm used to to me it comes with the turf it's part of it i choose not to do it So when I book shows or I go to shows and play or I'm just in attendance, the one thing I hate, (laughs) and I look at Jarvis and John and and other club owners around this town, and I'm like, I'm going to pay the five five bucks to get in, but I'm not going to buy anything (laughs) to drink. And so I feel bad. And I'm like the worst patron, though, because I'm paying the, the... I'm paying to get in for the music, yeah, and that's why I'm literally I don't think there. You should feel bad though. I mean, well, you, I mean, in a way, I do because I don't. They, I'll go to Tid Balls and I'll be like, I need a Powerade or a I mean, Coke, obviously, and they give it to me and they won't let me pay for it. Yeah. So this is what I learned how to handle that. I just put the money I was going to pay the three dollars or whatever for the drink of a beer, maybe. But I'm getting Coke and Powerade or fucking water. And so I'll just put that money in the tip jar. Because they they won't charge me for it. Right. So I still like, like okay, I'm still a little bit, con- you know, contribution to the bar yeah, aspect yeah, 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 of yeah. it. Yeah. But I just choose, I just choose to be sober. But we're lucky on in that, like, you have a place like Tid Balls in the A-frame. Mm-hmm. And obviously they want to make money. You well, know, of course, so and that's, keep, I guess that's what I'm meaning but, is I feel but bad. But at the I'm, same time, though, <laughs> those guys are there because they have such a deep love and understanding yeah. for music and artists. I mean, dude, I'm playing music because of Jarvis. I, I went to an open mic night years ago with Trey Farley, mm-hmm. and I got off stage and he goes, dude you need to be doing this as a thing yeah. and that gave me confidence you know to to keep doing it so my point is like these guys like are facilitating the music scene yeah alex smith is a big lover of like music of and he course. facilitates art and music in this town so, so, so don't feel respect. bad about drinking a power <laughs> just give me the damn power i'll give you a tip yeah um you've mentioned melissa jones mm-hmm. which is now melissa jones riddle right you've mentioned um uh, Trey Farley, you've mentioned uh, Troy Mims. Yeah. These are three key people to this yeah. music scene, in my opinion. Big time. Um, those three alone have helped you yeah. kind of break out of a shell Big and time. be yeah. Dude, there's been so many though. people that have done it. I know, but to, to just focus on those three because okay. you've mentioned them yeah, recently. Yeah. Yeah. And you keep bringing up uh, Trey, which is great. Yeah. Um, where do you stand right now as we're we're talking and and your world of music and what are you doing and and bring us up to speed on where you're at now so right right now uh i've, I've kind of like the last few months just been taking it as it comes mm-hmm. but um so this year i definitely will be going in the studio okay um and recording an ep great yeah so but you are in inner you're involved with trey i know yeah. I know you've worked... Uh, have you sang with Tanner Elias or... Um, I haven't sang with him. We... But you all like We play together, together yeah. and he, he plays like... So I do a um, songwriter round with Josh Thurman. Yes. Josh Thurman and I host a songwriter round. Yes. Like That's every kind of a months. new thing as we're yeah, taping just, this episode. It's just but. been... It, we've just finished the second one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... See, when I interviewed Tanner, he had talked about that. Yeah. Was a thing that was yeah, coming yes, up. Yeah, was, was coming. Yeah. The first one was coming the up The first one was coming Tanner. up when yeah. I talked to him. And so that's something that's been going on at Tidball's as of recent. Yes. And so, you are involved in that. Yeah, Josh Slurman and I are doing it together. We're hosting it. And, um, so we'll... I don't... 
I don't want to say for sure what the date is, but I know we'll, well have you one, can't really we'll have date one coming it. up. You can't date it. Well, on yeah, the it could have already happened by, by more the time. than likely yeah. it will. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the fact is, the matter you're involved in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hosting it with Josh Thurman, and we're, we put it on together. Right. I, I kind of get all the artists together. Well, that's um, great. You know, this is what I found out, Dean, that I'm really good at in the last <laughs> few months is like connecting people together. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I talked about Cody Beck. I took. Uh, and I'm I'm not saying like I'm responsible at all because these guys are like very talented people. But it's like the other night I had to play a benefit, and I asked Cody to come play a few songs with me. Mm-hmm. Well, Clay Powell was on the bill too. Oh, okay. And I'm like, Clay, meet this guy. He's fucking incredible. You two should know each other. And then Clay and Cody made this amazing thing happen that I hope is like now a two piece <laughs> because it was like magic. Right. Um, but my point is like. I really, really like connecting people in the area because ultimately, at the end of the day, I just want people to play music. It's true, and that sums up our music scene, I think, better than most people have ever put it. That's how Bowling Green music has always kind of been. Yeah. But there used to be, <clears throat> when I was coming up, young, my younger days of, of starting out playing, it seemed very cutthroat. And I say that because well, you I came was, up in a weird time. I came up in a weird time because the music scene was in the transition of the shifting era yeah. between cover bands dominating the music scene with top forty. The hair metal was still big in the late eighties and early nineties, and all that stuff was going on. When I came into the scene at the age I was, we were part of the alternative movement. Right. The, the grunge movement, the alternative music was becoming bigger and bigger. I mean, where were you guys playing at back then? We were playing at uh, 13th Street Cafe, which had just changed from Mr. C's to 13th Street Cafe. We played at Gary's. We were part of when Thursdays first opened their doors. So things okay. of that nature. Okay. And I played like on South Lawn. Night class was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. talking like early 90s yeah. from my era. But see, like when I, I went, like in 1988, I was going out to see bands because my brother's older. Right. So I was seeing like Brian White was in High Street, and I got to see them when I was like, and you're going on deep. I, I was like 12 years old, yeah. watching that. Yeah. So I saw the transition of the music scene taking place, big time. And bands back then weren't very. Oh, they had pockets of friends. You know what I mean? They were they were little clicks. Yeah. There was very cutthroat in the club scene. Bands dominated, like, the clubs. One club might have the same five or six bands on a monthly rotation. So your brand new band that's on the verge of being something cool and needs to be heard could have a really difficult time getting into a club. And starting to make a scene. Which is this so is where, different from now. This is where the house shows well, are Well, I, I was in college when, like, um, so I came later to college. So yeah. I'm in college when, like, Canago and Fatbox mm-hmm. and Cage is just starting and Morning Teleportation right. and Sleeper Agent yeah. and Moon Taxi was coming up from Nashville. Right. And, like, they were so good yeah. that you felt like you couldn't play music. Kind well, of. but like, by then, you know what I mean. But things, but the, what my I guess my point is what you're saying is like the way things are now with you making uh, an introduction of two people musically that yeah. didn't know each other but needed to know each other and musically fit. Like it's just that that didn't really exist when okay, I started playing. I see what out. you're saying, yeah. So what I've noticed over the course of my thirty something years now of being in this music scene is how open and how diverse it is. Yeah. And that, that was because bands like the ones I were in and then the the bands that came five, ten years after that, the doors just kept getting knocked down to where we stand at this point in the year 2020. This music scene is so diverse and so yeah. big and has done so yeah. much in the time that i've witnessed it with my own eyes and then you're coming into and it's it so loving right now it really and, is and too like we're but all, i think it was all, all right it goes now. back so long to I, I would say the government cheese era yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. the mid to late 80s really knocked down the door of the um common and the mundane yeah 
like everything was just bland at one point the same bands the same venues the same everything was the same and it just i i guess what the moral of what i'm getting to is that the way you worded that sums up what the bowling green music scene is in my opinion but it's it's also fact because it's true yeah and i love the way that you worded that it just kind of struck that way for me it it fills my heart big time it makes like it brings me so much love and joy to see everybody just everybody just loves supporting yeah. each other and wants to be a part of it i mean like and they're bands that have nothing in common with each oh, other dude, musically speaking trevor smith and i could not play a different note if we tried exactly. i mean we're not playing the same music but i guarantee you what if trevor smith has a show on friday night i'm at it and if i have one on saturday right. he's at it you exactly know? and that's what i'm talking and about that's what this that is, shit yeah. didn't exist yeah 25 30 years ago yeah but it very much exists now and i think it's because we as musicians growing up of a different generation yeah we learned that it's all good it's It's not about being boxed in and being (laughs) one thing and this is dominant and this sucks dude exactly we all seem to understand that music as the word music takes away all the genres that the record companies designed I'm, for yeah. us i have people ask me all the time dean what kind of music do you play and i i'm always like <laughs> i don't music. i don't know <laughs> i don't know because like i mean every song is i just let every song be what it's going to be yeah. and like i listen to bands that like dan luke and the raid is one of my favorite bands mm-hmm. they're so good no, they're great i don't play music like them but they're an influence on me right you know and you too like me and many others get influenced by other bands that you physically have nothing in common with as a musician yeah but as a fan you might get inspiration from a guitar lick or a vocal melody or something to where that does kind of come out in you later and don't you think like and even as especially as a drummer that makes you a better musician I don't know. But because to me I like, understand rhythm and timing and I'm I'm good about to that. To me but, when I play something like on a guitar or banjo that is nothing like what, you know, I play. Yeah. Like it makes me it pushes me. Mm-hmm. It stretches me, you know, to, to do something I'm not comfortable with. Yeah, I guess so. Like like I listen to a lot of jazz funk fusion, for example. Uh-huh. I can't play that. No. No, not at all. No. But it's made me a better musician because I can hear all those like polyrhythms right. and stuff on my head. It's and- more of a understanding. It's like walking into a world that you don't belong. Yeah. But yet you still come out of it with something to take yeah. back to your world that yeah. you're master of, you know. Yeah. And that's how I mean as a songwriter. It sounds like doing acid or mushrooms. <laughs> it's a little fucked up. <laughs> But I just, I don't know really where I was going with that tangent. (laughs) No, I love it. You and I talked a while back about our love and our passion for music as musicians, as fans, as being here. We are here. We live here. This is home. This is our music scene. We're a part of it on and off stage, behind the scenes, in front of the bands helping them get their name out and promoting them doing everything in our power to help our friends right and even bands we don't even know i know dude it's like you you hear their name and and you see a song clip and you're like i don't know anybody in this band but i'm a fan and i'm immediately gonna start telling everyone well i I told you i ran into you saturday um we so man we had had a long week okay we've been playing gigs um starting that wednesday of that week yeah and um third played a gig thursday friday we all went out and saw a band saturday we had a gig okay when we get done we're like man we got to go to a frame because there's metal you know we never get metal metal anymore yeah so we go down and i looked i told you i was like dude this is one of the best fucking bands i've ever heard in my (laughs) life and i never heard of them that was the band from nashville yeah and, I can't and i've like made it my personal mission yeah. to tell everybody about this band it was, um, cool. it was different but to it your really point though like hard. that's you know when you love music that's what you do right and it's not just that we're out supporting our friends and our and the venues but when when i see i don't know if this happens to you but the way I, that we're talking i bet it does yeah when i see the sticker support local music 
I take that shit so fucking serious. Yeah, to heart. And I mean, I may miss a show because I've got plans or I'm out of town or whatever, but I'm not going to not do something. Yeah. And the fact that's what the best part about social media is I can share the event at least. The least I can do is say, hey, post it on my wall and share it on Instagram and go, hey, I can't go to this tonight, but please, if you're in the area, go see this band. I promise you yeah. won't be disappointed. It's not because they're my friend. It's because I believe in this band. I love their music, and I'm supporting them. I'm supporting the venue they're playing at, right, right. and I'm making damn sure that you know that I would be there if I could be. Yeah. But I'm also wanting to keep that strong well, message alive of, Support, support local, local music. music. I, you know, I have a few friends ask me that are musicians. They'll they'll say, test because since I've come into the scene, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be cocky at all, but like it's been it. packed, dude. Like every show I've played has been packed. How about and I'll that, tell you, but, and I'll tell you, like I'm not that great, like at all. <laughs> no, but, I'm not either. But, like but a big reason why though is because passion. I'm at everybody else's shows. That might and, be, but... and so like I'll have friends like come up to me and be like. Tessa, I don't understand why, like, nobody's coming to my gigs. Like, you know, I played a, like, house last night. There are only five people in it. Uh-huh. The first per- question I always ask people is, what, do you go to other people's shows? Yeah. And I asked knowing the answer. That's the networking aspect yeah. of music, though. But if I see you, like, at a show, you know, if you come to one of my shows, the next time I see, like, and I'm not doing this, like, quid pro quo or anything like that well, at that, all. I've heard that word so much lately. <laughs> Well, that's not the intention. The, the thing no, is, it. like, you know, like... Look, it's not a favoritism thing. No. It's not that no. I'm, I'm going to support this band only because they yeah. support me, which I run into that sometimes, and I struggle with that. Yeah. I'll admit it. I do a lot to promote bands, but then those bands might not do shit in well, return Well, I do the same me. thing, dude. But yeah. I've learned to just kind of understand that, well, that's just that... That's just and that's the how way it's it going to be. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I have done the same thing too because I used to get my feelings hurt, you know, yeah. for, especially for bands. It's like that a like, one-way street, yeah, and I'd, sometimes you you're going to struggle right. with it. Well, hey, why doesn't everybody right. do the same thing? Because there's been so many bands that I've really run out of my way for, and some of those guys haven't showed up to one of my shows, mm. and so I used to get my feelings hurt. And then I was like, you know what, Tessa, you're not doing it for that reason. Right. You love music. You love the, this community. Yep. You know, you want to go out to shows because you want to hear good music and you want to support good people in this yep. community. And leave it at that well that's the that's the thing and another point of what you're you were saying about people that are coming to see you and maybe you're having such a good run lately of of people in the audience yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do when it cuts off (laughs) you have band practice (laughs) that's what you do studio i go in the studio um my my point on that is i think people come out to see you one you got to be good at promotion yeah. And networking, which plays a role in going out and supporting other bands and venues. That plays a big part of it. But people come to see you and tell their friends to come see you the next time you're performing because they recognize the real passion and the devotion that you put into it. I appreciate that. So yeah. it's not I really appreciate it's that. not that you're mailing because it it's in. Real, you know, yeah, you're not mailing it in. It's yeah. not fake. It's not I, a show. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. And they recognize that and that's where people come see you and if they keep coming and the audience gets bigger, that's the grassroots word of mouth way of building a fan yeah. base and yeah. an audience. And because people recognize the real factor yeah and i think that's what yeah you know the the last show i played at ted balls it was a few weeks ago and i got done with my set and i was walking off stage and this girl i didn't even know stopped me and she said man i thought you were gonna break down on stage and i said what do you mean and she said that was so full of emotion like she was like i thought you were gonna break down like crying on Mm. stage and i was like yeah, it's kind of how I play music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what music can do. Yeah. And it does it usually to the listener. Yeah. So usually the yeah. performer can keep it together for the sake of being the performer and Yeah, I mean, how many shows have you gotten emotional at? Well, all my songs are dumb and I don't... Well, I mean, like you watching as a like fan. You've, oh! I mean, you've got, how many? Like, a I lot. I can't name you all of them. I, you know, yeah. it's countless. Uh, the one that stands out for me personally was I saw Alison Krauss and Union Station at the oh. Ryman 
front row. Well, yeah. Front row well, at the yeah, fucking Well, yeah, you're going to cry. They came out as an encore, and they were on the side of the stage that I just happened to be at. They had one microphone, did it very old school. They had one nice. microphone, and the five of them gathered around it. Well, I got it. mad respect for I that. I mean, I was literally 10 feet from this happening, yeah. and they and she did three songs, and I fucking yeah, cried it, like a you? baby. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was like, oh, these onions are strong. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, music moves me to, like the core like yeah. earthquake Me level yeah too. it's massive but I, it's a powerful thing. i'm so off track not that that Dude, was ever can, on the track sit here and talk forever. i want to get back to something real quick okay, let's you keep talking there. about you as a singer as a performer playing shows lately yeah, yeah. what are you in <laughs> um it's just it's just uh tessa norris that you're just um, going by your name yeah i have a little side project um well that's what i, I thought you did and it sounds like so I, listen here's the issue it, right <laughs> we can't decide on a name because i want to be tessa and the tessalites i like it how good of a band name is that it sounds good but a tessalite sounds like something uh like powder in a package that you pour into a water bottle and shake it up like crystallite crystallite tessellate tessellate okay like a tessellation okay you know like the geometry that's science uh and then i'm (laughs) (laughs) i out of like i'm totally gonna steal this right now because um we've been talking about it for a while i'm trying to get trey and cody to to be a booze can trash bag which is a it's a band name that cody beck came up with um (laughs) and that we have been dicking around with for a while but no if i think dicking around would be the band name you should go with (laughs) no that's the ep name (laughs) booze can trash band dicking around there you go no um you heard it here first folks yeah so i'm going on the studio this year it'll be under tessa okay Uh, so you're just going to record songs that you've written everything i've written but you've got all of your friends coming in to help i'm going to play banjo and guitar on it that's awesome Um, but man i'm really excited for this this is cool we're gonna go um i mean i hate to give everything away but we're gonna go down to thunder sound because i was you know really good friends with billy and tiger Uh and um and i'm good friends with troy and yeah troy's been running the board there for how long now about since billy passed away so it's been a year, a year troy's yeah. been running the scene down there and um troy's got a phenomenal ear and he's a great producer troy is a wonderful musician all around on and off stage that i have so much respect for him dude he's incredible and he's an incredible producer he's really good at like seeing things in people you know and pulling it out of them mm-hmm. and that's what i when i first started going down to thunder sound it was troy was taking me down there and um there's just magic in that place and the fact that troy's been able to keep it going and facilitate that magic yeah. um it's an incredible thing and i'm i think the bowling green community has to be really really proud of what oh, really yeah. started and yeah. what troy's kind of continued well on. yeah music scene wise yeah yeah we're all yeah. beyond proud yeah. and, and to see julia milam going in there with the right. marquee backstage yeah yeah filming, that's a cool thing it's cool to visually see it yeah because i've never been there I, you haven't been down there i've never been oh, there i've man. never recorded or anything there listen you gotta but go down there. i've always seen photos yeah and i, I you know billy used to upload pics and he was yeah. great about art like instagram Dude, style, he, like, he was very like he i had, mean he's just his, creativity his very visionary yeah very yeah. visionary yeah. guy and he he was good about uploading pictures, but there were also pictures that were more art. Yeah. And <laughs> so I left you guessing of, I bet that's a cool couch, but I only see a little piece of it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. to see Julie go in there with the television crew. And you actually are getting to see what's... Oh, you're yeah, seeing all yeah, the rooms yeah. and all the stuff. And uh, Kinsey Crow recently, the Girl Tones, did an episode. And yeah. that was phenomenal because I just loved not only the way that they're band and their music was captured but the scenery yeah like it was so fitting it was like man i just that's cool and all of this is fairly recent as we're taping this i interviewed julie for her sound atlas oh sweet actually i saw that right before on the cusp of the first episode of marquee backstage airing okay i captured her story and it could not have been timed better I was so proud of that moment. I actually, I remember, um, this is crazy, I just actually found myself at the studio when she came down to ask Troy if she could do it there. Oh, wow. Troy and I were like, we were on our way to a show in Nashville, and I like swung by to pick up like some guys at the studio, (laughs) and then she came in, she's like, I want to do this marquee thing, Um, and I'm standing there like, 
okay, cool, we got to go to the show in Nashville. Yeah. Well, she did so many episodes of The Scene, which yeah. was the which we did the, the beginning, A-frame. They did a lot of the A-frame, yeah. and I got to witness a few of the A-frame yeah. tapings of The the Scene. She's really, was, really yeah. like so important and monumental for our community. Absolutely. Like, and she that's supports why all of us musicians I, so much. I pestered the shit out of her to do one of these. Yeah. And she sat down to interview with me, and she was like, I just thought you were being nice. And I'm like, well, I was, no. but you really <laughs> needed to do this because yeah. you're as pivotal in Dude, this music I'm, scene I'm as so, anybody. And I know everybody is so grateful for her because, I mean, she helps us all do what we're yeah. trying to do. I well, mean, we're I all think- idiots just trying to make music on stage, <laughs> you know? So for somebody to, like, well, want to get us out there and... No, I, I agree. Yeah. I I look back years ago on the amplifier. I think what Kim Mason did was a big deal and really helped bring music to the forefront. And she captured our music scene at a great time, too, of what was happening. That was during the times of change, Mm -hmm. you know, when Revolution came on the air as New Rock 92. Music was just evolving and changing, and she captured that in a newspaper, and so that was great. I look at what Kim Mason did was equally as important, putting oh, her in yeah. the same realm yeah. as today what Julie Milam is doing on television. But I'll never, ever get tired of saying that Revolution 91.7 local shots, pivotal, yep. unbelievably, yep. undeniably important yep. factor of our music scene. And Tommy Starr and Bratcher. Dude, I don't well, Radio we, plays a massive role. You put all of that together. It's crazy. We need to have is, to have them. That is something our music scene yeah. should cherish and and put on a pedestal. Dude, Bratcher will text me. I won't text him. He'll text me if he sees a flyer for a show of mine. And it's like, well, yeah. hey, send me all the like yeah. cuts you have because right now so I can put you on air. And him I'm and like, Tommy are great about keeping in tune with the music scene, but not all the artists are good about keeping them in the loop. Right. And I've noticed that that's right. happening when they go on the air to do their show. They'll mention upcoming dates. Mm-hmm. And, of course, their shows might be taped and stuff. But, I mean, things do kind of get overlooked sometimes. Right. And that's not their fault because they do have no, their eye dude, on it. They're, they've the got their eye on The bands are missing it. out. So, yeah. a lot of bands... And if you're not, like... Need to be involved on, on the... Texting all these yeah. guys and telling them, then that's on you. Because, it is. Because these guys will, like, they think you can the just, crap They think you. you can upload... And Tommy yeah. Starr is really good about pointing this out to me when we talk. Bands think nowadays you can just upload it to Twitter and Facebook and, like, well... I'm done. There's no. I put out my, my infos out there, yeah. and I expect 100 people to be at my show. No. Old school never dies. Dude, you and know what I'm doing? radio and television play a pivotal, pivotal. moment. But you know what I'm doing it. the morning of a show of mine? Like, all day long, I am texting everybody in my phone book personally. <laughs> Not as a group text. Like, right. hey, man, um, hope your dog's okay from last week. Also, I have a See show at Tip Off, yeah. and like I'm not trying to be vain or anything. No, no, but it's no. Like, that's but that's what it takes. That and is like, what it takes because the I think sometimes my so shows short. are so full because they right. feel bad not coming. Attention span of the world. <laughs> <laughs> attention spans now are so limited. Yeah. If you post on Monday, my band's playing at Tidballs on Saturday. If you don't remind them by Thursday, right. they will forget. Yeah. It is that kind of world yeah. that we live in now. And that's just because of this. I mean, dude, I'm that, not lying. I'm so sitting fast. on my phone all day long texting people, telling yeah. them I have a show. But and if like, you're relying on social media alone right. to be the benefit thing, you're going to get right. that information out to people that may follow you or friends with you. But radio... Yeah. And television yeah. and press yeah. get it out to people that don't know who the fuck you are. Exactly. And that's why exactly. they're so important. Yeah. And I recommend everybody Dude, I keep it alive. Old school yeah. and modern day. Yeah. You've got to merge the two worlds together. Yeah. And you understand that. Absolutely. So tell everybody else to do it. Dude. So oh, wait. Maybe we just did. Start supporting <laughs> your local artists. That's all I got to tell everybody. That's true. You know what's funny is like... We, we keep on like with that topic. Support yeah, your of course. So I met you here. On my way here, I got a phone call from Brad Tabor, who's yeah. in the Josephines. He's like, where are you? I have money for you. And it, <laughs> But this is how like important this community is. Yeah. So he was bringing me money for um, another musician in, our, like, in this town who 
needs money for something, okay? Like, I won't go into details, but that's what he... I'm like, meet me at Mellow Matt's. buy a can of paint. Yeah, who yeah, cares? But I'm like, that. meet me at Mellow Matt's. So Brad Tabor's meeting me here, and then um, Cody Beck was, you know, here at Mellow, Mellow Matt's, and I'm like, hey, man, stick around. As soon as I get done with this, we're going to go see Trey Farley play a show. <laughs> but so the point is, like, we're all supporting each other. Exactly. Big time. And you mentioned two people that I just kind of recently interviewed <laughs> it may have been crazy. the same day i don't know it's like this all worked out some crazy <laughs> cosmic way it really has <laughs> and it was really really worked out good to capture your story and i'm glad Thanks that we were able to schedule stories. it i appreciate, I appreciate you doing it. this i really I had, do i had a lot of fun with you well before we wrap this up i, I can tell that the future is looking good for you and yep. 2020 alone you've yeah, got big plans and i'm so excited to see what you do so that's the so only cool. thing i have to plug is uh if i can do that you can plug it i, I just don't know before well give me the month first and i'll tell you well maybe not well look for an ep this year yeah exactly <laughs> yeah just say where can anyone follow you and what, what would you recommend people look you up on uh so if you'll follow me on instagram it's norris like chuck um, or just look up Tessa Norris on there Instagram. There you go. That's where I, I like post the Norris stuff. Like Chuck. And then go follow um Trey Farley music because we're we're playing right okay, now so together as a duo. There's a lot of connection there. Yeah, we're okay. playing together as a duo right now, and so he'll have all my shows on his playlist. Obviously, page anybody that knows you can just basically see the name and yeah, look up. You can like you and they can text me. Music's and, like, gonna I'll be tell coming. Them what's going on? <laughs> I'll personally text you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, well, before we wrap this up, I like to ask the a big question that I've always thought was cool to ask people involved in the local music scene. You have an incredible story. That was awesome to get (laughs) all of that. And knowing now where you're from, one of thousands of Glasgow people that once again are musically talented and involved in this music scene. But as a local music fan and a person that has been involved in this music scene off stage, especially the fact that you spent so much time working at the A-Frame and you've spent so many times or years going to Tidballs as a fan, who are you a fan of, past or present, and who inspires you? Uh, I've mentioned a lot of them. Like like local yeah, fans? Okay. Absolutely. Because um, we're all a fan of Bob Dylan. <laughs> I mean... He's everywhere in this room. Um, I feel like I'm being watched. Dan Luke and the Raid is yep. is what I'm like jamming to right now. Yeah, I love the Josephines. Fatbox, I love Fatbox. Josephines Box. are killing it. Josephines are killing it. I love Fatbox <laughs> so much. I can't talk about how much yeah. I love Fatbox. Um, I miss Canago with all my heart. Hmm. Um, Wet Eyed Liars. Yeah, are amazing. Yeah, you better give a shout out to your best friend. Yeah, no, <laughs> what I'd liars. Um, I was man, late to the party on so what I'd liars. There's so many good bands. Here. I, I discovered them a little later than Dude, most also, people. Also, shout out to the women in this area, like Jamie Resch, the Girl Tones. That's all I can name besides the th- the three of us. I know there's probably more, but like uh, Summer Graves. Yes, Summer Grace People is proof. awesome. I um, actually just met her not too oh, long ago. Oh, you did? Ago. Yeah, yeah, Sarah Marie West. Yeah. Sis. So, um, Good Lord, there's so many. But I, I have to say, like, if you... I like that, though, because like you said at the very beginning, your mother at a young age started showing you people of importance in music but female yeah so you understood it wasn't necessarily a sexist thing it was just more about her going you're really into music but you need to understand that women are just as important as men and i i I think that's great right um josh thurman who's that (laughs) is he axed or the oak <laughs> I love that when I interviewed him, I was like, like I was like, how many people come up to you yeah. going, I thought your name was X? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't think of anybody else. I'm sorry. I know I'm forgetting people, and I'm so sorry for that. Oh, it's okay. Uh, Waco Bell. They're oh, yeah. so good. Not many people mentioned Dude, Waco Bell. Waco Bell's tight. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, know that you witnessed a lot of good up and coming new I bands saw at the A frame. So many good yeah. bands at the A frame. Yeah. I saw so many good good bands at the A-Frame. Yeah. There's a lot of like um, bands coming out from Nashville that you know are kind of low-key that are playing in Bowling Green. I, I've always considered Louisville and Nashville bands part of our scene because they they come through. Yeah. I feel like Interstate 65 is a, a, a bloodline yeah. and the music that just, just those three cities alone 
I feel like that's that's a thing. Like that's an important. Well, I think you know I've I've noticed this a lot through the A frame. Like we're between Nashville and Louisville, right? So when bands are touring, or like a Nashville band's gonna play in Louisville, they're gonna try and make a stop here. Of course, yeah. And you know what I hear over and over again from bands coming from Nashville or Louisville, or or anywhere, but you know mostly those bands um, that they would rather play a show in Bowling Green than their towns because. And we all say that sometimes too, but I think that's kind of fallen away. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of us used to say that shit, yeah. I guess is what I was saying. But yeah, I've yeah. heard that from a lot of bands outside. But but to answer your question, if I'm going to a show in Bowling Green, Dan Luke and the Raid and Fatbox, they're they're both my two favorite Big bands deal. here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. They're so good. They are so good. They're so good. I saw Dan Luke recently and um obviously my heart was heavy when Dylan right. passed away and that right. was unbelievable. And uh, to see them carry on with George, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of them. And Dude, they've I've grown, really... They've, they're so full of love yeah. as people and, like, as a band. And, it was just a great band. And they're so good. Yeah. They're, like, yeah. But to really, have that tragedy happen... To be that young happen, and to be that good the, and, thank and then God have a tragedy the record, like but that. But thank God the record was, like, already in. Already, like, yeah, he yeah, had a lot yeah, yeah. done Well, and, you know, f- for Dan, too, like... And I'm not trying to speak for him or whatever, but, like, you know, he lost Billy and Tiger and yeah. Dylan. Yeah. You know, he was very close he to was. all three of those yeah. guys. So to watch him, like, persevere with love and with talent the way he has, like, that's rock and roll. You know for a fact that without even asking him, he when he steps on stage every night, yeah. he he is doing it in their memory. Yeah. And because that's what rock and roll's no about, yeah, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're rock and roll. <laughs> I try, man. <laughs> you're a fucking rock and roll banjo player. Thank you so much for meeting me Thank here. You Thank you me, for man. sharing You've your made story. My night. That was a great story. Yeah. That was a great history. Cool. Nobody, I didn't know any of that. I, know, I mean, right? I just, I knew you as, hey, that's that, that's that girl with the apron. Yeah, Anthony Kinney's <laughs> teaching me drums as a twelve-year-old. That is so cool. Yeah. And and what a what an incredible history you've had. And you're kind of still getting you know like it's still getting started man i'm just getting started you are just getting started that is really cool thank you so much thank you for having me i appreciate it Bye. bye